Welcome to Breaking Brad, cooking up only the hottest of takes this fine evening. Going to start with some Los Angeles Lakers talk. According to ESPN, the Lakers finalized a deal to bring Utah Jazz guard Patrick Beverly to LA in exchange for Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Calling Patrick Beverly a Utah Jazz guard is a little misleading since he finished last year with the Minnesota Timberwolves and spent quite a bit of time before that with the LA Clippers. Uh, but Beverly was in Utah because he was acquired in the Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, GM Danny Ainge, who built today's Celtics young core along with KG, Pierce, Allen, Big Three in Boston, is now with Utah and clearly wants to clean house. Will be interesting to see what happens uh, with Donovan Mitchell. But what's even more interesting is the direction the Lakers seem to be moving with this trade. Like the Brooklyn Nets, the Lakers, a lot of offensive talent, not enough defensive talent. The Beverly edition adds a physical, get-in-your-head defensive presence that's been missing from the Lakers for quite some time, and boy, he will make up for a lot. In the last five seasons, Beverly has held opponents to just shy of 42% shooting, the second best in the NBA among players who defended at least 2,000 shots. Uh, but more importantly, Beverly is on an expiring contract next season for $13 million. That means after this season, the Lakers will have nobody on the books other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both with max contracts. So they could potentially bring Beverly back if all works out, but the Lakers will have more than ample room to build whatever they'd like around LeBron and AD. Now, the real question is, are the Lakers going for it all right now, or will the 2022-23 season be a bridge year? Well, that answer depends on what happens with Russell Westbrook, who, by the way, has a history of not getting along with Beverly like many ball-heavy uh, point guards. I've been criticized on Twitter many times over the years for not being in the Russell Westbrook camp. Triple-doubles are fun, but point guard rebounds don't win games in the NBA. They never have, and they never will. When the shot goes up, I want my point guard running to the hash mark so we can call for the outlet pass and spark the transition offense. I also don't want my point guard, the field general of the roster, to burn out their legs by the third quarter so they're useless heaving up shots, turning the ball over, and making poor decisions during the most important part of the game. Most people are realizing this, and I've noticed those people chirping in my ear saying, Russ is the best player in the NBA have gone noticeably silent over the last few years. Sure, he's fun to watch play, no doubt about that, but he still can't shoot, particularly from three. His usage is too high. He has two game modes, 110% and too tired to play well, and he's not a great defender. The Lakers, you have your point guard now. Look, Beverly is not going to jump off the page on the offensive side, but he's not going to hurt you either. Sure, the Lakers still need a shooter, but that was never Russell Westbrook. LA can't win with Russ, he's a liability, and they should do everything they can to trade him. The problem is, who is going to take him at his enormous salary? Now, LeBron James defended Russ perhaps for morale reasons, saying he, quote, can't wait for him to go off this season. Uh, but LeBron knows who Russ is, and he knows he's stuck with him for another season. Look, I like Russell Westbrook as a person, he's a good guy, has had an enormous impact on the game of basketball, on the OKC community, but most people have accepted at this point he's a liability for their team. 
There may always be that 10% who put Russell Westbrook up with Jordan, Russell, Kareem, Oscar Robertson. But as time goes on, those people look more and more ridiculous. Alright, moving on. The NFL season is just around the corner, and I'm a firm believer it's never too early to make predictions. I won't get into Super Bowl talk just yet, but here are my predictions for week one of the NFL season, uh, starting with the Bills, the Bills versus the Rams. What a start to the season. You have the defending Super Bowl champs going up against the NFL's best up-and-coming team arguably the favorite to win it all this season. Because of that, I'm picking the Bills to win a close one, 27-23. Josh Allen rushes for two touchdowns, throws for 300 yards, and outduels Matt Stafford, who may have health issues and has a new offensive line in front of him that isn't quite ready uh, for that Bills defense. Buccaneers versus Cowboys, the Sunday night game on NBC. This will be Todd Bowles' first game as head coach of the Bucks. I do think the Dallas defense will have some success getting to Brady, but I think Tampa's defense will completely stop Ezekiel Elliott and at least contain Dak Prescott. The Bucks win 17-14 in a defense-heavy battle. Patriots versus Dolphins. As much as I would love to pick my Patriots <clears throat> and shut up all the critics who say the Pats have no idea what they're doing on offense, this is a tough one to make that argument. Even when the Pats are good and the Dolphins bad, they don't win in Miami, especially early in the season when it's 90-plus and humid. New England's defense looks a lot better, but I think they'll struggle to keep up with Tyreek Hill, who will catch at least one deep bomb from Tua, and Mac Jones will be sacked at least three times due to an offensive line. Still learning the communication of a new offense. Dolphins win 24-17. to 49ers versus the Bears, although I'm skeptical about Trey Lance, I'm even more skeptical about the amount of talent both players and coaches being placed around Justin Fields. The Niners pummel the Bears 30-10, to my prediction, in a game that's over midway through the first quarter. Uh, Saints versus Falcons, despite the maybe retirement of Sean Payton, I'm expecting some continuity in New Orleans since that organization tends to be well run. Michael Thomas will be back. Chris Olave was picked up in the first round. Jameis Winston has something to prove. And I'm not sold on Marcus Mariota on the Atlanta side, although I like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. 24-14 uh, to 14 Saints who run away with it in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vikings versus the Packers. The Minnesota Vikings are one of the more underrated teams heading into the season. I think Kevin O'Connell is a great hire. They still have Justin Jefferson. They still have Dalvin Cook. And Kirk Cousins is still a competent quarterback. I think it may take some time for the Packers to get going, particularly with the loss of Devontae Adams. That Aaron Rodgers contract is big. They don't have a lot of room to bring talent around him. Vikings win 27-21 in an upset that's not really an upset in my opinion. Uh, Browns versus Panthers. Unless Cleveland pulls the trigger and trades for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm just not sold on Jacoby Brissett. This should be an easy win for the Browns, but I think Baker Mayfield, who was recently named uh, the starting QB for Carolina, is going to have something to prove against his former team. He's really stepped into a leadership role, according to many reports. Uh, Baker keeps it together, only throws one pick. Christian McCaffrey goes off, and the Panthers surprise the Browns with a 17-14 victory. 
Uh, Steelers versus Bengals. I really like the new offensive line the Bengals have managed to build around Joe Burrow this offseason. Since he is a really good team, considering they nearly won the Super Bowl without a real O-line last year, I like what Pittsburgh is doing. I hope Kenny Pickett starts. I think he's already earned it. George Pickens, another steal at the wide, wide receiver position for the Steelers. But it's too early, particularly against the defending conference champs. Uh, Bengals win 27-20. to 20. Uh, Eagles versus the Lions. I know everyone has fallen in love with Detroit uh, because of hard knocks. I think this will be a close game. But in the NFC East, there's the Eagles and there's everyone else. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Philly now has A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts will have a solid game in the air and on the ground. Eagles win 20-17. to 17. Colts versus Texans. Last year, all Indy needed was a consistent, competent quarterback. They got that in acquiring Matt, Matt Ryan. Uh, Houston is still rebuilding, and they were outscored by the Colts 62-3 to in their two games last season. Colts win fairly easily 27-10. to uh, Ravens versus Jets. I think this will be a close game, not because I think the Jets are that much better, but because I think Baltimore is actually one of the more overrated teams heading into the season. Uh, Lamar Jackson went from MVP to a top 10 quarterback. What do we get this year? Joe Flacco will likely start for the injured Zach Wilson, and he's certainly out for revenge against his former team. But ultimately, the Jets come up short. Uh, 21 to 20 Ravens. Uh, Jaguars versus Commanders. There's a lot of buzz after the Jags acquired Doug Peterson to replace Urban Meyer's hilarious lone season as head coach. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks better, but so does Carson Wentz on the other side being coached by Ron Rivera. I'm expecting a very low-scoring game with Washington ultimately taking the victory on a last-second field goal, 10-7. Giants versus Titans. Tennessee is in a weird limbo situation. I think fans expected more out of them last year after making a run the year before. Luckily, they're playing the Giants in week one in the beginning of the end for Daniel Jones's time as a starter in the NFL. Titans win 27-14. to uh, Chiefs versus Cardinals. This is a tough start to the season for Arizona, who started so hot last year. Unfortunately, vibes are not great in Phoenix after it was revealed their $230 million quarterback, uh, Kyler Murray, has discipline problems, so much that studying had to be written into his contract. That was later removed, but at the end of the day, Kansas City is still Kansas City. They lost Tyreek Hill, but added Juju Smith-Schuster. Chiefs win 34-24. to uh, Raiders versus Chargers. Many are expecting great things out of Las Vegas after adding Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. And somehow Derek Carr went from underrated to overrated in a single offseason. I don't really understand that. Uh, but the Chargers, however, bring back a more experienced Justin Herbert, a potential MVP. And they've added Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson to that defense. I think that Vegas O-line really struggles and the Chargers take the victory 24-21. to Uh, Last but not least, the Broncos versus the Seahawks. Russell Wilson returns to Seattle for one final show for the fans against a rebuilding franchise. I'm not buying the Broncos just yet, but I am buying them for this game. Denver wins 24-13 in a game that never really was that close. So that's it for my week one predictions. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Uh, Now, before we leave, I want to end with this. That was Terrell Owens, who looks like he can still play, running a 4-3-8 uh, 
40-yard uh, dash. Mind you, he's 48 years old. Tyquan Thornton, drafted by the Patriots this year, set a record at the Combine running a 4-2-8, only a tenth of a second faster than Owens there, who is 26 years older. Incredible. Um, so that's it for tonight's episode. We'll be back next week. Until then, this is Breaking Bread.